Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and I just got done with an extended family uh, gathering. It's gone like two weeks now. If you've been listening to me, know that I had to go to Illinois to help with some family issues up there. And then we went down for Thanksgiving in Chattanooga at my uh, for my wife's family. And it's been about two weeks now that I've just been doing family stuff, which is great. Absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I've enjoyed every single minute of it. But I'm home now. And it's time to do a little bit of news. Charles is not here, but honestly, it's my fault. I, I guess I have a little bit to tell everyone about uh, what's going to be new here for at least the month of December. If you don't know, if you don't already know, uh, Charlie does software development. And not only is he a director of software development at a large company, he also has his own company and several of his own clients and uh, contractors that work for him. So he gets very busy. We're also very busy over here on the GML side. By we, I mean me. I stay very, very busy doing all of these interviews and these episodes and also the trading class. You can go to natescrashcourse.com. That keeps me very busy and trading all throughout the day. And in fact, I need to spend a little bit of time trading throughout the day because a couple of the strategies, well, they require me to stay up on what's going on with the market. All that, all that comes to, here's the plan for the rest of the month. Monday, Wednesday, Friday are going to be the live shows. I have informed Charlie that I would like to go. Good Morning Liberty needs to be recorded live naturally at 3 p.m. Central Time. I know. I know. It's Hawaii's favorite morning show. Why 3 p.m. Central Time? Because that's when the market closes. All right? The trading thing, it's kind of important. So 3 p.m. Central Time, that's when the market closes. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I've told Charlie, the podcast is going to be recorded live at 3 p.m. Central Time. If you can be there, you need to be there. Okay? But I know that he's got a lot of meetings going on. And he's not always going to be there. But I need it to be at that time. He will be there most of the time. Tuesdays and Thursdays, there's going to be episodes, but I'm not guaranteeing that they're going to be live. As you can tell, we've got plenty of interviews to do with plenty of people. By the way, if you have someone who is on the left side of the aisle, left, I mean, progressive, crazy. I'm kidding, not crazy. We just have a differing of opinion. If you know someone that would like to come on and talk and have either a just a beautiful, honest discussion about our differences, and I will just ask that person about their solutions to things that they perceive to be problems, or if they would like to debate, you let me know. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. And we can hook that up. All right. Going to put that out there. So that's a new plan right now, at least for the rest of this year. You guys know how crazy the holidays can be. 
I hope everyone out there had a great Thanksgiving, by the way. Hope you have a good time. Hope you didn't burn the turkey. Hope all the stuffing was amazing. Whatever it is that you guys do. My favorite, absolute favorite, is the sweet potato casserole. Mm. And then it's the stuffing. And by the way, I prefer stovetop stuffing. I just do. Does anyone actually like turkey out there? Or is that just a thing that we put ourselves through? I don't know. You let me know. Same email addresses before. So what's the big thing that's going on right now? Well, it's obviously this dinner that Trump had with whoever. No, I don't care. I don't want to talk about that. I'm over it. Let's talk about what's going on in China. As you know, probably know, there's been some pretty big protests taking place in China. And as everyone on the left will inform you, this is rare. Very rare. Now, it's not just rare because everyone there was so happy. It's rare because you're not really allowed to speak out against the government over there in the land of China. So we'll go with this New York Times article. Now, there's some really good creative things going on, and some of this is a little scary. Also, I don't know if this is actually going to change anything. We'll talk about that, but here's what's going on. The wave of protests in at least a dozen cities erupted after a fire in the far western region of Xinjiang on Thursday, killing 10 people by the official count, a toll that people suspect is linked to the COVID restrictions that have confined people to their homes. Now, it's not just the COVID restrictions that have confined people. It's the welding of the doors and uh, the chaining of the doors or the punishing or arresting of people that leave their homes. That's uh, the restrictions. Yes, they have keep, kept people confined to their homes because of China's zero COVID policy. Zero COVID is and always has been a ridiculous idea. Many other countries around the world wanted to go with this. We even had plenty of people here in the U.S. talking about how we needed to have no COVID. Australia tried it, didn't work. Canada wanted to try it. You know that Trudeau guy, he sure does love him, some China. In Shanghai, a vigil grew into a street protest where many held blank sheets of white paper in a symbol of tacit defiance. The blank sheets of white paper are genius. Everyone knows, okay? You don't have to put anything on the piece of paper. If they put something on the piece of paper, well, it's going to get banned. They're going to have to take it away from them. Now you're literally going to have the government taking away blank sheets of paper from people. You don't even have to put anything on the paper. It's so obvious, and it's so genius. In Beijing, university students raised signs showing a math equation devised by the Russian physicist Alexander Friedman whose surname in Chinese is a homonym for free man. And on China's suppressed internet, where the positive messages abound and negative ones are scrubbed, protesters resorted to irony. They posted walls of text filled with Chinese characters for yes, good, and correct to signal their discontent. So it didn't get censored, but everyone knows. It doesn't even have to say a specific thing. Everyone knows what the protest is. So now saying good things is a protest. What's the government going to do? They're going to come out and ban you from saying nice things about the government? No, it's, it's very smart. I love what they're doing. The messages, elusive, creative, and often ironic, ironic, were among many that captured the tone of the protests across China this past weekend as fury over lockdown measures nearly three years into the pandemic has rapidly developed 
into one of the boldest displays of dissent against the Chinese authorities in years. Now, this is different from some of the random protests you'll see about uh, workers' rights or even some of the human rights violations, things like that. These are people out there calling for, some of them, calling for the end of the Communist Party, calling for Xi Jinping to step down. That's not something that you normally see in China because that can land you either in prison or dead. So these people, these protesters, very brave what they are doing. The zero COVID thing, we'll talk a little bit more about this. There was something from this New York Times article that it just reads as something straight out of 1984. And I know that we like to think that here in the U.S., we live in George Orwell's 1984. And it's going, it's getting there. All right. I'm not saying that we don't, I'm not saying, oh, everything's great here in the U S it's bad in China. It's really bad. Let me just read this to you. Protests are relatively rare in China, especially under Mr. Xi. The party has eliminated most means for organizing people to take on the government. Dissidents have been imprisoned. Social media is heavily censored and independent groups involved in human rights have been banned. The protests that break out in towns and villages often involve workers, farmers, or other locals aggrieved by job losses, land disputes, pollution, or other issues that usually remain contained. But the pervasiveness of China's COVID restrictions has created a focus for anger that transcends class and geography. Migrant workers, university students, urban professionals, the roots of their frustrations are the same. The party's greatest fear would be realized if these similar grievances led protesters from disparate backgrounds to cooperate. I'm going to go over that last little paragraph again. China's COVID restrictions has created a focus for anger that transcends class and geography. Migrant workers, university students, urban, urban professionals, the roots of their frustrations are the same. The party's greatest fear would be realized if these similar grievances led protesters from disparate backgrounds to cooperate. I don't even have to say anything. You already know where I'm going with that. It sounds very 1984. We also see out of China some of the principles of pro-government, pro-authority types. I don't just want to say the left. I'll just say pro-government, pro-authority types. We see that, that China is a lot of those principles taken to the limit. It's not just about the wrong person being in control. It's not about Xi being the wrong person. If you just got the right person, then everything would be fine. It's about the party having the power. It's about the Communist Party having this power or whoever the party is having that much power. It's a power party. And you're not invited. But when you have this workers, students, professionals, they've all got the same problem right now. The problem is China's zero COVID policy. The problem is that their rights are being taken away by the government. And if all of those people decide that they are going to cooperate with one another, that's the worst possible thing for this power party, the communist party, just like in the U S what we will say, what a lot of people will say, is that it's best to keep people divided. 
You can divide them among class lines, if you want to, among racial lines, uh, whatever you want, whatever their status is. You can divide them. The worst possible thing is for all those people to come together and realize who their common enemy is. And most of the time, it's not actually the person that they've been fighting with. But it's best for the people in power to maintain this idea for everyone that their enemy is someone else in society while they get to be the ones that are in power. I was going to say making all their money. Of course, if you're in Congress, you're probably making a lot of money. A lot of these people, they're just power hungry. And I'm sure they're making tons of money also. We've seen all that, Nancy. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a link to that if you want to see it. Vox actually did a really good job talking about this too. I went through some of the more left-wing publications as well. I have one last line here from the New York Times. China's leaders had yet to comment on the, uh, the protests and the party-run news media are silent. You don't say. The party-run news media are not mentioning these protests, huh? That's crazy. Now, these anti-lockdown protesters, they clearly just want to kill grandma. They want to put profits over people. And these are just a bunch of super spreader events. That's all this is. They don't care about their neighbors. It's a bunch of selfishness, actually, is what's happening. They're probably racist. I bet. I bet that's what's happening. Vox talked a little bit about what people are upset about. Some of the quotes here. um, These lockdowns, by the way, where they're welding doors shut, or they're chaining doors shut, keeping people actually locked in their apartment buildings. You're talking about forced starvation, people having no access to food, no access to uh, any kind of income. They're not able to actually get medical supplies, sometimes medical attention. And the speculation, this time, of course, the officials are denying it. The speculation is that this fire happened and the uh, 10 people officially died in it. And what they're saying is that this was a place that was locked down and these people didn't have to die. This COVID zero thing, it's not going to be able to last forever, but they could back it down a bit. You see, they're, they're in a bit of a predicament here when the government decides that they're going to go towards this zero COVID thing. A government like China, see, they can't ever admit that they're failure because a government that has this much control over their people or that desires this much control over their people, they need to be seen as basically a god. They need to be the answer for all things. They need to be the provider for all things. And this case also including the vaccines not as if our vaccines have just been amazingly perfect or anything like that but they're better than china's vaccines and china won't use our vaccines because china the chinese government has to portray to their people that they are the provider of all things that they are in control that they are perfect And if they ever lose that image, which they're working on losing it, and of course they've lost it with a lot of people, but if they lose that, well, then they're not going to be able to maintain their control. See, that's why these governments can never admit that they are wrong. You cannot be wrong. Because if you admit that you are wrong, what you are admitting is that you can be wrong. And if you admit that you can be wrong, then that means future decisions that you make can be questioned. 
So that is why you can never admit that you are wrong. And that is why you will most of the time never see a government ever say, yeah, our bad, we screwed up. Because if you admit that you can screw up, then that means people can question you in the future. And if people can question you in the future, then you lose your power. You cannot be questioned. Once again, these are this is the lockdown mentality. This is the idea that stopping COVID from spreading was the most important thing that we could possibly do. We did a lot of lockdowns here in the U.S. Of course, the first lockdowns happened in Wuhan a few years ago now, almost. And they're still doing it there. But that mentality that we had here, this is it taken to the limit. Why is it taken to the limit? Because the government in China has that much authority because they can do this because they don't look at people's individual rights because the people don't get a vote there. Even if we're, uh, we, we squabble over the, whether or not we're a democracy or a Republic or whatever, and the sense of democracy where everyone gets a vote on what happens. Uh, we have that here. We organize our government as a, as a Republic. We know that democracies can be authoritarian, of course, 50.1% of the people controlling the others, so on and so forth. But what we have here is better than what they have there. It's much easier for the government to do this. And it's much easier, as we saw in a lot of other countries. It was more difficult in ours because we've got these 50 separate states, because we've got this court system where we can challenge the federal government, because we do switch out our leaders every two, four, and six years it's much more difficult for them to take these powers. What they end up doing is they, in the U.S., they dictate these powers, delegate, sorry, dictate is not the right word, delegate these powers to the bureaucracy because the bureaucracy is forever. It remains unchanged for the most part. It is the continuance of the authoritarian regime that is in power long after they leave. It is the culmination of every authoritarian that's ever been in power in the U.S. That is what the bureaucracy is. And so we try to delegate those powers to them. And sometimes the court says no. Sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. It's interesting to see what's going on in China right now. It's, I like the creativity. I feel bad for the people that are there. And I will... Um, I will unfortunately say that I don't think anything is really going to change. I don't think they're going to topple the regime. I don't think Xi is going to be gone. I think that there is too much power. And I don't know if the people uh, will go so far as to force this to happen. If they will strike countrywide in, a, in, a, in an effort to force this into happening. If the government decides to, they could quash this pretty quick with a, with a few relaxations on the policies, and they've already tried. They're going to try to relax the policies. For instance, one of the new things they're going to do is uh, when they lock down your building, they're going to prioritize making sure that you have food. You know? And so if you do that, you're going to keep people happier. Right? I guess. And unfortunately, that could end up working because I don't know. I don't know what the principle is here that people are upset about. Are they upset that the government has done a bad job locking people down? 
Or are they upset that the government doesn't respect individual rights, that they don't respect the sovereignty of the individual? Because if you're upset that the government's done a bad job locking people down and then that you need people to do a better job locking people down in the effort to have zero COVID, well, that's going to be pretty easy for the government to uh, fix. They can go ahead and portray uh, the idea that they are going to fix that and they can make people happy. And if people are upset about their pay at the Apple factory, whatever it is, they can print some new money and pay the people at the Apple factory uh, to get them back working. They can stop this. Now, if this is over a philosophical difference, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. China's also got some ways they can get out of this. They can weasel their way out. They could blame, you know, there's a lot of people there, like 1.4 billion people. It's not as if the whole country has been out there protesting. You could blame this on uh, someone like Taiwan or even the U.S. Sowing unrest in the country, trying to destroy all of the great things that the communist party has built. Uh, it's probably either the U.S. or it could be Taiwan. These are actually uh, Taiwan. These are activists that have came in and they have stirred up this doubt, this unrest, and they are trying to destroy China from within. This is the last straw. Actually, we've traced this back to a uh, a, a Taiwanese a Taiwanese uh, super terrorist cell. They're actually the ones who set fire to the building. You know, the state-run media says. It was actually a, a, a Taiwanese sympathizer who did this. And we see that these online chat rooms and everything, all these ideas, they came actually from the government of Taiwan that started this. And then China decides that they're going to invade Taiwan. People's minds, just their attention shifts elsewhere. At that point, you unify the country against this terrible, terrible enemy of Taiwan. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if I was an evil brutal authoritarian dictator that's what i would do but i can and I'm, trust me i have a hard time coming up with stuff like that it's not easy but that's what i would do a couple other things we talked about this uh shooting that happened oh weekend before last at club q lgbtq club nightclub got shot up by who the hell knows I don't know, because what I first saw was, well, this is clearly someone who has been radicalized by people, the right wing, by Tucker Carlson and by Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and libs of TikTok. And they've come out there and they've radicalized these people and he went out there and he shot up people. Now, you get maybe some other information in the court documents, the guy who shot up the place, killing five people, identifies as non-binary of course magically on the left we found out that it is possible if you're listening to people on the left it is possible for people to lie about that and to say that they're non-binary to receive some sort of a societal benefit okay i agree with you i totally agree that people could just make that up to try and receive some type of benefit in society do you think that all the time, or is it just right now? I don't know. And then people on the right, all of a sudden, they're calling this person they. As if they've 
totally been fine with doing that every other time. I have completely accepted this person's identity. Just completely drawn down political lines. Not a principle whatsoever. Do we know whether or not the person is actually a they, them, or a non-binary, whatever the, the proper pronoun terminology is? No. And I guess we'll never know. From what I can tell, we don't have a whole lot more information. Unless you trust the uh, the guy's dad, or sorry, the person's whatever. You guys, you get the thing. Person's dad seems like a real winner. Yeah. Real piece of work. Uh, we'll play this video. It looks like Josh Brolin, but it's not. You decide. There was a shooting involving you know, multiple people. Right. And then I thought they were on going to find it's a, a gay bar. Yeah, right. And, and, and I was like, oh my God, is he gay? As a scare, oh my God, shit, is he gay? Hmm. And he's not gay, so it's like this. Well, you guys had had conversations about that. You you were... Oh, yeah. So like, you, you, I was you adamant. Him, yeah, you were adamant that gay is bad. I was adamant that gay is I'm a Mormon. I'm a conservative Republican. And we don't do gay. We don't do, yeah. gay. We don't do gay. Yeah. I can't get answers from the attorneys, really, but they're saying that some of these, you know, this, it's involving a gay bar or some shit. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the heck you do. We have a gay bar. Um, I don't know what to do. Well, he's accused of going on a mass shooting at a gay bar and killing five people. Colorado. Okay, well, well, that's not shit. I'm accused of doing that. I, I, I'm surprised he's not gay. I don't know if say that, but he's not gay. <laughs> Real piece of work. Real piece of work. Now, the guy's dad, listen, uh, meth head, former porn i would say star but i don't i don't know if i don't you tell me have you ever heard of Dick delaware before i'm not sure okay i'm not in the culture all right i don't know if i can say star we'll just say he's an actor I'll bleep out that maybe for the kids i don't know richard richard delaware that's who he goes by maybe you know him by that i'm not sure now if you're on the left you totally take everything this guy said seriously that he knows everything about a son who uh he also admits that until six months ago, he thought was dead. I just found out that he was alive. Um, so, but if you're on the left, you need to take this guy seriously because this guy's dad, who six months ago apparently just found out that the son was still alive, that's according to heavy.com, who's normally pretty good at digging into this stuff. This guy's dad, who just found out that the son was still alive, knows for sure his son's not gay. He knows that. And his dad, um, former adult film actor, meth head, and whatever else, is a strong Mormon. It's a strong Mormon family and a conservative Republican and knows for sure that his dear son is not gay. So how are you going to argue with that? Is it possible to even argue with that? No. Does it matter? It matters because the media went so hard on this. Everyone on the right caused this shooting to happen because they don't like it when guys dressed as girls shake their privates around in front of children and have them stuff dollar bills and their thongs. And if you don't like that, 
then you're someone who caused this to happen. Actually, you you pushed for it to happen. You were asking for it. Well, that's called being anti-LGBTQ. If uh, you don't like stuff like that, well, like what I just described just then. MSNBC says the Club Q shooting was a predictable next phase of anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. Now, there's anti-LGBTQ rhetoric, and then there's anti-grooming uh, drag show weird, just weird grossness rhetoric. And what I've seen a lot are uh, these crazy drag shows where there's kids there and then there's people dancing sexually in front of the kids and then sometimes even have the kids go up on stage where they have the kids dress in the drag outfits. So that's one side. Or you'd be someone who's who just hates people that are gay. Both of those things exist. I'm not so sure that uh, people just disliking people that are gay has been the major thing that people are going on and on about. I think it's been the uh, the other thing. I'm trying to not talk about all that stuff uh, so much. But anyway, they're just saying that, of course, anytime you talk negatively about those uh, shows where they do those things, well, that's that's a predictable next phase. Anytime you talk negatively about that. Uh, in fact, the Palm Beach Post, talking about this Florida House speaker who's drawing criticism for drag show comments in the wake of the Colorado shooting. That's right. Ideologues, here's a quote from this representative, Paul Renner. Ideologues have pushed indoctrination at the expense of education, said representative Paul Renner. He was sworn in on Tuesday as the next speaker of the floor of the house. Quote, they spend more time defending drag queen story time than actually promoting phonics and the science of reading. In this election, moms and dads sent a clear message to the ideologues, our children are not your social experiment. Those comments, those were troubling. They set a really troubling tone for next year's legislative session, according to some of the House Democrats and LGBTQ advocates, particularly because they came on Tuesday just days after a shooting at a nightclub in Colorado that killed five people, terrifying gay and transgender Americans in a year that has already seen an unprecedented volume of policies and rhetoric targeting them. So just to make this clear, here's what happened if you talk negatively about drag queen story time for kids, well, since this shooting happened, which we don't even know what exactly the motive was behind it, but since this shooting happened, how could you go out there and talk negatively about drag queen story time for kids? And now anytime who says anything negative about that, well, they're just asking for violence. And also, they should probably be kicked off the internet, I would assume, will lead to that. Elon Musk can't allow people to talk negatively about Drag Queen Story Hour anymore. How could you when that negative talk about Drag Queen Story Hour led directly to this shooting at this nightclub? And nothing else. Absolutely nothing else, and we know that for sure. There was another shooting, by the way. I don't know if everyone saw about this other shooting that happened in Virginia. Believe it, a Walmart, Walmart manager killed six people and then him, himself as well. Terrible, terrible thing. Did you, have you seen a whole lot of, about this, about a lot of people freaking out about this? Me either. And in fact, I haven't seen anything about it roughly since the suspect was identified. Roughly since then, I haven't seen a single thing about this shooting at all. And I've hardly seen anything about the other shooting at the nightclub 
since all this stuff about the suspect come out. Maybe that's because it's really hard politically to talk about. Now, I'm not going to go into all the stuff about the suspect. What I will say, there's a couple weird things. One, more people died at the Walmart shooting in Virginia. That doesn't mean that the people at the nightclub in Colorado, that their lives are worth less. But why is it that this one isn't talked about more? More people died at this one. A couple things. I will say the suspect used a handgun. Not an AR. More people died at this one. More people were shot at the nightclub. More people died at this one. That's kind of weird with the narrative. This also, I'm going to read you the uh, the note. I'm going to read you the note that this person left on their phone that was found. And we'll have a, I'm just a serious suggestion here. They said, sorry, God, I failed you. This was not your fault, but my own. I failed to listen to the groans of the Holy Spirit, which made me a poor representation of you. I was harassed by idiots with low intelligence and a lack of wisdom. I remained strong through most of the torment, but my dignity was completely taken away beyond repair by my phone getting hacked. The person's uh, phone was hacked. I can't say that they were the only ones that lacked intelligence and wisdom. I was just as guilty and failed my management team and everyone that ever loved me by my convincing them that I was normal. Uh, redacted and the associates orchestrated orchestrated it. They laughed and made subtle code speeches, which I eventually figured out. I thought redacted person's name was my friend, but he betrayed me. Betrayal is one of the worst feelings next to regret. They laughed at me and said that I was like Jeffrey Dahmer. He says I would have never killed anyone that entered my home. Interesting line to draw. A few months back, I overheard a person talking to another person. They told me that they've been trying to get rid of me since day one. After I heard that, I lashed out. The associates gave me evil, twisted grins, mocked me, and celebrated my downfall the last day. That's why they suffer the same fate as me. Uh, he then talks about a couple people that he is not going to kill uh, because they're either religious or they've been nice to him. Whatever he says, my true intent was never to murder anyone. Believe it or not, I was actually one of the most loving people in the world. If you would get to know me, I just wanted a wife that was equally yoked as I and obsessed over the thought. However, I didn't deserve a wife. I hope that people will learn from everyone's mistakes and truly love God and not the material possessions of the world. My only wish would have been to start over from scratch and that my parents would have paid closer attention to my social deficits. Sorry, everyone, but I did not plan this. I promise things just fell in place and I was led, fell in place like I was led by Satan. I've written songs in the past, though. I only did it when I realized that my phone was hacked and was given the worst feeling imaginable. I wish that I could have saved everyone from myself. So, Oh, he then goes on to tell everyone that I will spare this person because I have a special place for her in my heart because my mother died from cancer. Please, blank, let everyone know that bitter seed apricots are the cure for cancer and not the doctor. That was, uh, that was actually, I'm going to have to look that up, fact check that. And it says, may God forgive me for what I'm going to do. Now, I'm not really trying to make jokes during this thing and make light of it. Uh, this is a person that is clearly going through some stuff. Now, here's what bothers me. After we have these two shootings, these are just a couple days apart from one another. 
Of course, there's uproar about this one immediately, and then it dies down. We got the Thanksgiving Day holiday. We know that. It dies down. We're left with, from the first shooting, we're left with uh, people talking negatively about Drag Queen Story Hour led to this shooting in Colorado. And we don't actually know what led to it. I'm not saying that it didn't lead to it. Okay, but we don't actually know what led to it. And then we get this shooting, and I doubt anyone really knows anything about it. And through both of these stories, what people should be talking online about or talking on their podcast or to their friends or their family members about is mental health and being nice to each other, being good to one another. Even if, even if someone's a bit out of the norm, even if they're socially awkward. Said that people compared him to Jeffrey Dahmer, said that people were actually making fun of him, that they had hacked his phone. So basically kind of getting bullied at work. Of course, we don't know the entire story, but there, I do believe that there is a mental health crisis in, in the U.S., probably around the whole world. I think that we don't tackle it properly. I think we're too fast to just throw meds at the problem and pretend like that's going to work. Oftentimes it does not. Sometimes it does. Not saying to not take meds. You talk to your doctor about that. Talk to a psychological doctor about that, please. Not a medical one. I will say that. So what do we what do we hear online? Really nothing about this. We're not in an uproar. We're not seeing people talk about mental health on Fox and CNN and MSNBC. You know, they're talking about banning guns. They're talking about banning speech or whatever else it is that the government can do to make sure that this never happens again. And what we don't talk about is what we can do in our own personal lives, in our own families, in our communities, and at work to make sure that people aren't bullied. You can at least not be mean to someone. You don't have to go out of your way to be nice to them. You can at least not be mean. All right. There are some people who are just socially awkward. I'm actually kind of a socially awkward guy. You catch me on the right day. Maybe I'll be okay. Who knows? Pretty quiet dude, but I can hold my own in the conversation. Okay. Some people can't. It doesn't mean that they should be made fun of. It doesn't mean that they should be made to feel different from everyone else. Some people are just different. And I think a lot of times people like that are treated terribly in society. Now, does that give you an excuse to go and kill people? No. No, it does not. That is not what I'm saying. But some people that do have mental health problems, you could stop these if people would just learn to be nicer to one another. So we'll, we'll stick with that on this whole story as more things develop. I don't want to go any further. And then I just have... Yes, a couple other things to say. I'm going to actually mention what's going on in Arizona with the, with the gubernatorial election between Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs. Right after I tell you about BetterHelp. All right, so this, this podcast, I'm sure you know, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, I sometimes wish that... Life did have some type of a user manual. Some of the stuff we've been talking about today, it'd be real nice to just know everything, right? 
I have needed that a lot in the past. Heck, sometimes I need it right now, but we don't we don't get it. You just kind of have to figure it out. You got to make the best decisions that you possibly can and just hope that everything plays out okay. You could be going through a career change, relationships. It's the holidays right now. You're dealing with families and friends, all that. You could have a new kid. You could be a new parent, you know. You just feel pretty stuck in your life. We don't have the manual, but we do have better help. Therapists can help you figure out that whole stuck feeling, help you build better coping skills and work through your tough decisions. I have done therapy before. Some of the best life changes I've made came from uh, the time that I was talking to a therapist about things. It was tough when I did it. I didn't know exactly how it was going to go, but I'm really glad that I did it. Everything's working out pretty well so far. And you know that Charlie, the, the co-host, you guys remember him, he uses BetterHelp. He's probably talking to his BetterHelp therapist right now. He loves it. Been using it for over a year now. So, as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash GML. That's better H-E-L-P. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. Listen, you heard what we've been talking about, all right? Mental health is very important. I'm outside of the ad now. I'm just saying mental health is very important. I'm just doing that ad live right now. I thought it was a good time to go through that. Here's the last thing. We've had some election denying happen over the last couple of years. We all know that. There's a holdout right now, and that's Carrie Lake. And not overly surprising, given all of the rhetoric that we've heard over the last year or so, however long it's been. Um, seems to be real close with old Trump out there. It's kind of funny, this article, the original headline was GOP-controlled Arizona County refuses to certify the election. So, of course, we got to keep this election-denying thing going. When you read through the article, you see that they've said, we're going to certify the election by the deadline, which I believe is today. Uh, we're just holding out so in, in protest. And so we're going to hold out until the deadline as a protest. So when you read the article, it says, oh, we are refusing to certify the election until the deadline. We're going to do it. So that kind of ends the whole thing, right? What I really have to say is we didn't jump on the whole stolen election thing. You know what our position has been from the 2020 election. Is it possible? Of course it is. Is it probable? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. As I said, probably last week or the week before, if Trump is literally Hitler, or if this is the last chance for democracy before we head into fascism, then I would be disappointed if people didn't do every single thing they could to guarantee an election went one way. That'd be kind of dumb. You know, it's better than the Civil War, right? Of course you'd bring an election. So is it probable? Eh, you tell me. Do I have absolute proof that something happened? Absolutely not. Do you? know? Did you watch a YouTube video saying that there was something? Yeah. Do you know the person that made that? Maybe. Probably not. Okay, let's get out of this whole conversation here. There were some weird things that happened in Arizona. And I'm not saying that Hobbs 
did it on purpose or that Arizona did it on purpose. But you did have some of these predominantly Republican districts or counties where they had these machines malfunction and they ended up with long lines. Now, long lines are things that people can wait in, but they won't always wait in. I did not vote in this last election. Why didn't I vote? I needed to go to the grocery store and um, I wanted to go there and I was kind of tired. I was leaving work and I went by the polling place, which is on the way to my house. I saw that there were people basically at the door and I know how big the building is. And so I knew that there were a lot of people standing inside too. And I just decided not to go because I didn't want to stand in line. Okay. I just didn't want to. So can a line dissuade people from voting? Of course it can. What's really weird. Now, it's almost as if there's just no principles anymore. But now these long lines, and of course, some weird things with the ballots overall. Do you know for sure that they were counted? Not really. What I would like to, what I would like to do is have this ballot. Ver- I would like to check. There needs to be a way for me to check and make sure that my ballot was actually entered, that my vote went through, and that my vote was counted. I think until we get to some type of blockchain voting system, uh, I don't know if we'll actually be able to do that without uh, much interference, but uh, we're not going to get into that right now. There were some clearly weird things that happened in Arizona. There were longer lines. We don't know for sure what happened with all the ballots that were misread by some of the machines or that the machine wouldn't read and that they promised were going to be counted later on. And so I understand people saying, hey, that's kind of weird, right? Now, apparently, if you say this happened in predominantly Republican areas on election day and people had to wait in really long lines and we don't know exactly how the ballots were counted or what happened with, uh, with all that, if you say that, that makes you like this fascist election denier, a coup-loving insurrectionist kind of person. Now, that's where we go too far with the conversation because... It was my understanding that in 2020 in in Georgia, there were really long lines, and that's one of the reasons that Stacey Abrams lost, right? People had to wait in line for a long time. So I'm pretty sure that's why Stacey Abrams lost. I'm just, I'm only saying that because uh, Stacey Abrams has mentioned that, and uh, so has NPR, and so has Vox, and so is... Uh, New York Times and Washington Post. A lot of people seem to say that this is, in fact, a form of voter suppression, these long lines. Now, where I said this whole principle thing, and this goes out the window because I've also seen, and maybe even we said it on this show, quit complaining about the long lines. If you really want to vote, then just wait in the Galdern line and cast your vote. I saw a lot of people on the right say that about what was going on in Georgia with their long lines. Oh, it's ridiculous. Long lines, that's not voter suppression. Now we get these lines and people are saying, well, we don't know how many people decided not to vote because the lines were too long. It's kind of weird how that changes. And it changes for both left and the right. In 2020, the left said, of course, long lines are voter suppression. The right said, oh, that's ridiculous. And now in this election, the right said, of course, long lines are voter suppression. The left is saying, oh, that's ridiculous. 
the election denier? We need a little bit of consistency here. Or none of the arguments are just ever going to matter. You can never, ever make an argument about anything because at some point in the past, you've been on the opposite side of your own argument. If you go back to this NPR article from 2020, they're talking about the long lines. They say the inaction has left black voters in Georgia facing barriers reminiscent of Jim Crow laws, said Adrian Jones, a political science professor, professor at Morehouse College in Atlanta, who has studied the impact of the landmark Shelby decision on black voters. Voter suppression, quote, is happening with these voter impediments that are being imposed, Jones said. Quote, you're closing down polling places so people have a more difficult time getting there. You're making vote by mail difficult or confusing. Now we're in court arguing about which ballots are going to be accepted, and it means that people have less trust in our state. This is Jim Crow type stuff out here. Of course. But now in Arizona, if you mention this, well, there's those election deniers denying elections again. I'm not saying that the election was stolen. I'm not saying that Hobbs had a part in this. Of course, Hobbs being in the position that she is in, that's kind of weird. Can we just admit that that's a little, maybe a conflict of interest? I don't know. What I am saying is that it's perfectly fine to question this because it does, it it is a bit sus- suspicious. And if it isn't even suspicious, let's just say it's all an accident. Let's say a complete and total accident. No one meant to do it at all. Doesn't it deserve to receive a little bit of scrutiny to have a little bit of back testing the system, checking these votes, making sure that they were all cast, making sure that people who wanted to cast their ballots were actually able to cast their ballots because that's the argument that people on the left have made a lot. But unfortunately the people that are making it right now have argued against their own position. And that is the problem with never being consistent on your arguments and really only caring about what team is currently making that argument. That's why it's so great to be a libertarian all the time. Most of the time. Actually, it's terrible. Hey, that's all I got today. I was going to go for 30 minutes. I went for 50 instead. That's cool. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you all come back. I know Charlie wasn't here today. Like I said, that was actually my fault because I've set a specified time for when we're going to do this show and he couldn't make that time today. So blame me. The normal show is going to be back and some might say better than ever. Once again, I hope you had a great holiday weekend. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your children that they need to listen to Good Morning Liberty every single day of the week when we want to. And if you do all those things, you tell those people, you subscribe, you hit like, you comment, you share, you do all that, you do all of that, then we'll be right back here again tomorrow. Until then, have a great day and a good morning. Liberty. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.